So um, I think it's time to do a year review episode because it has been an insane year and there is things that I want to share with you. Okay. So it was um, an enormous success beyond measure and beyond my wildest imagination. And I mean this, and it is not at all for the reasons that you might think. So, uh, you know, the first quarter, especially, it was kind of like this wild financial success, um, you know, just a big break, seven figure revenue in Q1, which then led me to some interesting states. And by interesting, I don't mean pleasant at all where I had to question everything and the ideas behind everything. And that kept on going until, you know, the, the basically November and December, and it's still going. Son of it is so much still is trans transforming, but it led me to States in the spring where I had to question everything and I look at the ideas behind competence without behind success, behind achievement. And um, it wasn't easy. It was like I knew that my attachments to success and whatever in business and looking good and looking competent, looking successful, it had to go because what it was costing me was my inner freedom and my relationship with my daughter. But it was, uh, you know, after spending years and years trying to be successful in business, the, the, uh, the attachment was so deep and it was not just in business it was the whole life it was so deep um it has taken me a good part of the year to uh, get a handle on it and dissolve it but um what happened was that i got a little helper that i wasn't aware of because i'm not the one to study hindu goddesses or other religions at all uh but Kali, which is a very interesting character, very interesting goddess, uh, was pointed out to me by uh, a mentor as um, one of my archetypes or as my archetype. And I was like, interesting. And I started looking into it. I was like, wow, 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 wow. And I started realizing her presence in my life which sounds a little woo, but, um, and sometimes I'm like, really? But, um, but bear with me anyway. Um, and I suspect she has been around helping out for quite some time. So, uh, who, <laughs> first of all, who is Kali? Um, which some of you might know, I didn't know anything about her at all. Uh, but she is a Hindu goddess of chaos and destruction who basically dresses in skulls, look, looks more like a demon than a goddess, really looks super, super scary. And she's the goddess of, of death and therefore the rebirth and she's the goddess of transformation and what she does that i so identify with because that is so authentic to me she will sleep in and she will cut to the chase cut the crap cut out the inauthenticity all the stuff that all the strings that all the you know the strings that sort of you know that make you the puppet um you know, all these attachments to weird ideas and weird concepts and, you know, you know, how your own trauma affects you and all that. But she does not do it in a gentle way. She will literally sweep in and create total chaos in your life, take things away from you 
and it comes out of left field and it can be a little bit like wow you know or a lot like wow right so um you know an example of that was in 2019 when uh my lover departed four days into my pregnancy and i was completely my my world was shattered like shattered you know he moved across the world moved to japan a week later and i never saw him again and uh blocked me on all, all contact with me and never responded to any email, emails anything like that right so uh it was just the radical rip off the band-aid uh kind of thing and it was absolutely the best thing for me because if left to my own resources guess what i would have changed myself i would have suffered for a long time it would have affected not just me and my confidence and um and everything else, but it would have affected Lexi. So it was the most compassionate way for me to be able to start over. It was three months of intense suffering, but three months is nothing compared to the suffering of other women who are in toxic relationships for long, long, long periods of time. And by toxic, I don't mean that the other person is toxic. It's just that that relationship is completely out of alignment with who you are and does not serve your highest good at all. Right. So, uh, so Kylie, right, she'll sweep in with random events and throw your life in a chaos. And, and she does it out of love. And if, and she does it when you're not willing to tear your own life or be tenses down, she helps. Of course, you have to have a spiritual intention. You have to know, like, I want to be the most pure I can be. I want to be most loving. I want to uh, be as, as authentic as I want to be. Then she comes to help, right? Like, I don't think she's going to come in. when If you want to be an asshole, I don't think she's going to come in and, you know, tear your life apart. Like, okay, if you want to be that, be that, right? But um, anyway, so what followed was periods of intense transformation and lots and lots and lots of support through it it was not easy for me to give up the attachments to all those things and and so it took so much it was a cleansing process a series of i want to say about 30 ceremonies but the, that what was like that seems like a lot you have no idea the work that was done before the constant questioning the constant emotional releasing the looking myself in a mirror and looking myself in the eye and um and healing of the some of the past trauma and literally like you know it's a fraction of what's still there still the relationship myself, my own narcissism, which, oh my gosh, like you don't even know because the ego is so narcissistic. It's not your awful and horrible person, but you know, until you start really looking, you can't see that. Valuing some really weird stuff like success for the sake of success. And so many people get wrapped up in the energy of this when they start building their business at six, seven, eight figures, whatever. But uh, we get so wrapped in the energy of it, we lose sight of who we are really are and what we really are here to do and listening to God, right? And by the way, when I mean listening, when I say you're listening to God, I mean listening to yourself because you are God, listening to your heart, listening to your what you actually want, right? It's it's constant seeking and searching and and you know the constant search for the next new thing which means you cannot even be present in a moment and present with your kids right it was it was the needing to be respected and seen as a success it was 
so much disguise, so much hiding and pretending, which by the way is lying, lying to myself and others, judgmentalism, right? Hierarchy of people, these are more worthy, these are less worthy, right? Sort of like racism, but not uh, for me, it wasn't, it had nothing to do with skin color, it was other things. Like, oh, I look up to these girls and like, hey, you're not, you're not as cool, right? But it's so like that penetrates the mind and going unchecked, like, wow. <laughs> um, control, control, no trust, right? Letting go of control, bringing in trust. Endless pressure of carrying the world on my shoulders, right? So much pressure and that's a symptom of all this going on. That's rather a symptom of all this stuff. Perfectionism, super doing, super womaning, and on and on and on and on, right? And so people are like, oh, what the? Like, what kind of hell were you living in? Like, I don't relate to any of that. Well, nobody's actually said that, but I can imagine some of you might be thinking that. But here's the thing, like, that was quote unquote just the ego, you know? That seemed kind of normal. And a lot of it wasn't even conscious. And, you know, in, in a busy life where you're not listening and you're not aware, it's very easy for many of those things to creep in and go unnoticed. But there was one thing, like all this was fine, right? Like it was, it was just a little bit difficult life, but but it was fine, but there was one thing in particular that um, that is difficult to talk about because it was so dark I couldn't even look at it. I couldn't even see it. And it was the relationship with my daughter. It was, um, there was this frequency of resistance and I would always be very, very kind and nurturing to her, but there was this resistance I would start working at four, then, you know, four to 6.30 was my time with her, whatever. You know, sometimes I would work later than that. Um, but I was like, I was just exhausted and I was not present. It was just this frequency of resistance of, uh, okay, is it bedtime yet, you know? And sometimes the bedtime, we're like, oh, let's just make it, you know, 5.50, 5.45, because <sighs> just that the, and, and then, you know, I would do all these ceremonies and every time I would come back and grieve, grieve, grieve. Like I would grieve the lack of relationship with my daughter. And I was there. I was physically present. I was playing with her. And, but I wasn't, like mentally I wasn't there. And that's supposed to be normal. You know, when we're so um, discombobulated by the demands of our business or job or whatever or the world we are disconnected but you know our soul knows this isn't right but it's just sort of how it goes you know like we tolerate it but i will tell you like if that is what's happening and you don't feel connected to the people closest around you and you feel there's this fog over you this frequency of like ever-present fog and resistance and you just cannot wait to um you know do something else or whatever it is do not give up right do not give up go back to the healing go back to the work because uh, because um that's where you know radical self-healing or radical healing is so crucial because uh because the, it's there's just 
how much it hurts us without even knowing it's hurting us. It's indescribable, right? So that has gotten healed. And I consider that the biggest accomplishment of this year. But that wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't like a particular instance where I was like doing some work and all of a sudden, oh, I love my daughter again. And I never stopped loving her. I loved her so dearly. But I, oh, now I feel just so connected. It wasn't like that, but it was the gradual releasing of everything else and merging back to my soul and healing my heart that led to finally gradually opening to being able to enjoy, like just sit and enjoy my moments with her, right? So that's my year in review, probably not what you expected, but I will tell you, um, going into 2022, I am so freaking willing. I am, I know life is not going to be easy. It's not going to be probably smooth sailing because the journey to freedom continues. But I am so, so, so willing to just experience anything that life, also known as God, throws at me. Like anything that I need to do. Let me pause this for a second because I can hear her. Well, that was funny. She just woken up from a nap. So um, she could probably hear me. Um, so I would uh, I, I want to share with you about 2022 because it's just so, so good. Uh, I am completely willing to trust the process of life because life will always show you where you're still not free while well, you're still holding on to some weird ideas, right? And, and here's what's most important. The theme of 2022 is follow my soul and my heart no matter what, no matter what, even if that means disappointing others, even when it means letting others down. Even if it means I'll look like a total idiot in a camera because I need a, I just, you know, cannot teach in that moment because I need to process something, right? Even when people think that I've gone nuts and a lot of that has happened this year too, where people don't agree, they don't like what I'm teaching. They feel like I should be teaching something else and I should stick to, uh, to what I quote unquote know, which is business and, um, and I'm not willing. I'm not willing because that is sacrificing our souls, what our soul wants us to do. However much I might suck at it compared to teaching business and how unqualified I might be, it doesn't matter, right? Um, and I'm willing to also experience any feeling that arises, right? Any emotion that needs to comes up for processing any trauma. And I'm willing to stop and do absolutely nothing, which is probably the hardest thing for a recovering uh, superwoman, superdoer, workaholic, right? Willing to stop and listen, risking it all, right? Because we get so like, oh, chasing revenue, next client, get a do, next launch, next launch, next launch. And we need to, no matter what it takes, like willing to stop and do nothing, you know? And that's really, really hard, especially when you have a team and they're looking for direction and and they are looking sort of for you to, as a leader, to have all the answers and to always be vision casting and leading them forward at any given moment, right? 
but it doesn't work like that like there's really truly aligning with our soul which means sometimes it's complete stopping and doing nothing and sometimes it's going full 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 out right so um yeah um i think i'm going to end with a quote that i found this morning i was um listening to a book on audible i really didn't like and i was trying to make myself like it, and then i'm like no screw it doesn't doesn't resonate whatever but this other book that i downloaded because i tend to download like 20 books and then end up listening to two of them because most of them don't resonate whatever but this one i was really drawn to and it was by dr shafali which quite honestly i looked her up just this morning apparently she's been an oprah i have no idea who she is because i generally don't know a lot of things about what other people are doing out there but the the opening quote was so powerful and i want to read this to you and it's going to be my opening quote for a january 10th retreat because i really want that the words to sink in because that like the way she expressed it was so powerful i was like oh my god like i wish i could use the words in such a manner that she does but oh my god so powerful let the so let these words as you hear these words let them sink in so again this is this is from the book radical awakening by dr shafali there comes a time in the life of a woman when she discards her old ways like tossed shoes in the garbage when she shreds the list of shoulds and obligations and when impossible expectations are burned in an incinerator. There comes a time in the life of a woman when the approval of others, one's jewels, now turn into pennies in her socks. When a hunt for another is now replaced for a hunt for herself. Listen to this so good. There comes a time in the life of a woman when the, her desire to fit within the crown dissolves when her manic compulsions to be perfect vaporizes and when her obsessions to be voted popular eviscerates right listen to this listen to this as i read this because relate this to what you're doing in your business right so 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 good there comes a, a time in the life of a woman when she simply says no more when facade artifice and guile leave her nauseated and when righteousness, dogma, and superiority repulse her. There comes a time in a life of a woman where she no longer fears conflict, but faces it boldly like a lioness. When she guards her authenticity as fearlessly as she guards her babies. When she drops the role of a savior, knowing she can only save herself. There comes a time in a life of a woman where she no longer cowers in her shadows of unworthiness when she no longer plays small when others play big when she swaps the role of a victim for a role of co-creator there comes a time in the life of a woman where she boldly occupies her ultimate sovereignty where she finally feels ready to claim her space in the world and then she redefines compassion as unequivocal self-love. There comes a life, there comes a time in a life of a woman where she finally releases her childlike dependencies on others. When she dares to rewire a new mandate for living for herself. Now listen to this mandate, this is so good. A mandate that says, I release unworthiness and fear. I divorce civility and passivity. I divest in authenticity and enmeshment. 
I end the pretense of being someone I'm not. And from now on, I declare I will ascend into my highest power, embrace my greatest autonomy, celebrate my deepest worth, embody my fiercest courage, and manifest the most authentic me. The time is now. I'm ready to awaken into my renaissance. Dr. Shefali. So good. So many things. This pretty much is my whole year. And that's my life's work for this year is to bring as much freedom, as much inner freedom, as much saying no more to this ego stuff for as many women as possible. I'm not sure that's going to be my purpose forever, but that is my purpose this year. That's why the January 10th retreat. Out of that, I'm launching a visionary circle, which is a six-month um, thing. I don't even know what I call it a program because it's it's sort of um, this thing where I, I don't want to be the authority, you know. We all have to be our own authorities. And yes, I, I will be the leader of that circle, but, but what I want is not take anybody's powers away. I want every woman in the circle to take her power back and to really step into her true, true potential. And then, you know, from there on, we lead our businesses from a very different space. So, um, yeah. Um, just super, super inspired by this. Hopefully this inspires you a little bit. Hopefully you hear something in that where you're like, yes, yes, yes. That's the sovereignty. That's the freedom that I want to step into. No apologies. No shoulds. No chasing something. And just really flourishing and blossoming as our authentic selves and the goddess goddesses that we all are within thanks for listening